Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we welcome back channeler Robin Jelnick, who channels Athena. In today's session, we are talking about manifestation, how you do it, and why we create and how we create a soul blueprint or soul contract. And we do a deep dive into why things happen to us and why things that we want to happen to us don't. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome back to the show, returning champion, Robin Jelinek. How are you doing, Robin? Hi, Alex. Nice to be here. Thank you again so much for coming back, my dear. We had a wonderful conversation last time we were on, you were on the show. Uh, and uh, Athena and I got along famously. And we had a great time. And I wanted you back because I just love your energy. I love Athena's energy and what... Both of you are trying to do for the world. So I wanted to bring you back. And from the last time our conversation, your life changed slightly since our episode aired, correct? It has. Yes. Um, I really exploded work-wise <laughs> since I was on your show last. And we were discussing that before we got on today. Um, the wonderful clients really that have come from your broadcast and how positive all the responses have been. And um, I really feel uh, just honored to be here today in, in your presence, because I don't think you realize even yourself um, what you're doing for people, because uh, so many people are changed by this work. And to have this kind of outlet or availability to this material and different practitioners um, is uh, a huge uh, accomplishment as far as you're concerned. Oh, well, thank you so much for that. That's uh, that's humbling, to say the least. I I don't even think about those things. Honestly, I just want to help people and I just want to do this show and have fun doing it and help people along the way. But I can't even comprehend sometimes. All you see is those little numbers go by the views and these, those are human beings. Those are people who are watching this. So if my work helps people, uh, all the better. You know, I, I this is just you know, a wonderful I, experience. I myself am kind of experiencing similarly to you um, how uh, you change or what happens when you allow the divine part of you to actually govern your life or be in charge of it. And it, it's not like you're working. It's like life is just flowing through you. Things just happen and it becomes this fun, magical, smooth, unbelievable, exciting uh, journey that you get on. So uh, that's my goal, really. And the work that I do is I would love for people to experience that aspect of themselves more fully, so that they can feel the flow of life rather than the struggle or the efforting that many people end up um, encountering in their lives. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, with uh, when I decided to kind of let let uh, not jump in the backseat, but just kind of let the guide move the, you know, the energy kind of move the life. Life has become so much easier uh, when you have a little bit of faith in the, in the path 
that's in front of you. And it's scary as hell. I know it was, I know when in the last conversation we talked about how fearful you were just to start this yep. process and same for me. And uh, it, when you open yourself up to, to be guided in one way, shape or form, life becomes so much easier where I spent close to 30 years of my life banging my head against a wall trying to make things happen control things feel that the ego is like i have to hack this i have to work harder than everybody else and there's elements of some of that in your life you still need to work you still need to show up you still need to educate yourself um but doors will open in so much faster than ever before well it's more inspired action it's it's more things that you um you don't look at as work they feel very passionate and it feels like the the right thing to do or the next best thing that you should move on. And um, I just really hope uh, that people can experience this in their lifetime. When this all, I mean, of course, I was on the spiritual path from my early 20s and had the Kundalini awakening in my 40s um, and always been a spiritual seeker and learner. But um, to experience now what I have at the age, I think it started around 60. I'm 64 years old now. Uh, Stop to, it. Stop yeah. it. But to think about going out of this life and never having captured that or felt that yeah. um, would be a very dissatisfying thought to me now. I didn't even realize the, in the way that I was living my life. And it was a pretty happy one, I would say. I wouldn't say that I didn't have a good life. I did. I had wonderful children, good husband, um, you know, did okay financially. So I had a good life. But when I compare it to what I have now, um, I would say in the past, I looked at all those things that I just mentioned as what represented me or what made me happy in my life. And now there's this new representation that is just me. That's mm. that I don't, I don't need those things to be happy. Um, I've just become uh, this fullness or this uh, thing that's quite different than I was uh, when I was in my individual sections to people. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Oh, I know exactly what you're trying to say. And that's something very powerful. You said, I can't, I, I, I would have been so sad if I would have left this life without doing what you're doing right now to feel what you're feeling right now. And I think that is something that so many of us listening go through is that we're happy. We're content, I guess. You know, it's like, yeah, it's status quo. You know, I've got a good family. Maybe I have a good job. Uh, you know, I can't really complain truly mm -hmm. is, is a lot is where a lot of us are. And that's yeah. that kind of like, no man's or no woman's land where it's like it's not bad enough that you need to move but it's not so great that you just like oh i'm gonna coast you're kind of in this place you're like eh. and i think a lot of us live in that eh part yeah. of our lives and then when you discover this other gear in our engine and this energy starts to flow through you and you start to live a different kind of life i'm speaking from my own personal experience, the life I'm living right now, it is so drastically different mm -hmm. than any other aspect, part of my life. And I still have my family and, you know, we still, a lot of the things are still there, but there's a different feeling every morning when you wake up. Yeah. It's you called know? full satisfaction. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it, it, it come here to be fully satisfied, believe it or not. It's really funny when I do sessions with people, because oftentimes when they don't have everything in their life that they want, maybe, maybe they're comfortable, you know, maybe they uh, live in a, a place that they're okay with, but they're not thrilled with. Um, they might be uh, financially okay, but they 
could use more, you know, yeah. and so they'll very quickly justify their dissatisfaction. And, and that's one of the things that the group will go into right away is you didn't come here to be partially satisfied. And there is no shame um, in what it is that you want. And in fact, once you've wanted it, it's already been created. So you're never going to be satisfied without it. In essence, you're going to have to keep uh, going until you meet that part of yourself, or you're never going to be fully satisfied in the life you're living. Uh, once you expand, you can't suck it back out. You can't take it back. Uh, the universe gets bigger, you get bigger. Uh, and so you'll be forever uh, feeling the gap or, or or not satisfied. And so once you start to align uh, or uh, actually a, a come into closer connection to what it is you have created, because the minute you wanted it, you got it. Yeah. So once you come into that kind of alignment, um, then then the flow just starts happening and, and things just start uh, automatically showing up in your life. And you realize that I, there's a flow to like fish swimming upstream, like the bear going in the den. You know, I think I, I was the one doing it. I thought I had to find um, the right circumstance, the right people. Um, I had to effort myself somehow into the experience that I wanted. And that's the wonderful thing that I've learned in all this is it can be effortless. And that doesn't mean, as you said, that you don't take any action, but the action you take is action you can't wait to take, that you're excited about taking, that doesn't feel like work, that feels like, um, you know, as wonderful as laying down on a nice pillow at night and going to sleep. It doesn't feel like work anymore. It feels like the next best thing to do. Yeah, if if you've only eaten fast food your entire life and all of a sudden you have a Michelin star meal, Mm -hmm. then you go, oh, you can't undo that. Now you know it exists in Absolutely. the universe. And now you're like, I have to get I have to get back there. You mm -hmm. know, and, and that goes with everything. Once you once you taste something that it's outside of your box, you can't put it back in the box. Now you well, know it's out there. <laughs> I mean, and quite honestly, uh, there's people that are being trained into thinking that it's bad to want things. That's oh, absolutely a spiritual pierced person. You wouldn't need anything. And they're actually trying to dull down their experience and not feel it or not want for things because they think that wanting for things is the cause of suffering. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Um, wanting things isn't the cause of suffering, not getting them is in my book. So, and, right. and actually as a human, you can achieve anything that you're wanting in your life, provided uh, you get the sending and receiving devices open, which are the energy centers of the body. Um, the only reason you wouldn't be fully satisfied in every area of your life is you would have an energetic entrapment. So when I work with a client, the first thing I want to know is how satisfied are you in all areas of your life? We go through the love life, the way that they are able to speak, uh, the power uh, center, how they feel in control of their life, uh, maybe their sexual well-being and health, their ability to communicate um, uh, through movement of their body, singing those types of things. Um, are you afraid of, of where the next dollar is coming from? Or do you feel like you can spend freely? Do you have to hoard? You know, we go through all these questions. And very quickly, um, their human part of them wants to work with the divine. It's not the human against the divine. It's the human um, communicating to the divine through sometimes what we'll call negativity, which is really just the truth of what the human holds as to why they're not getting what they want. So it's not really negativity. It's the human kicking out feelings and thoughts. Hey, you got this thing in here. You, you become this other thing that could come to you if you would release this from your energetic field. And so this is the way that um, negativity is looked at by the group that I channel, not as a, something to be silenced or turned off, but something to really respect and listen to and, and then love out of yourself, get it out of your energy centers so that you can actually connect to that part of yourself that has expanded by every experience you've had. You know, I'd love to touch on something you just said a little bit ago um, in regards to 
the blocks you your own blocks that you put in your in your way, which is the programming that we've had since we were born. Uh, the programming from our family, our society, our groups, our religion, whatever those blocks are, where you think, oh, you have to work hard for money, or only only mm-hmm. bad people are rich, or only this or that. Uh, and you know, it's been coined. I didn't coin it. Um, I think her, I forgot who coined it, but uh, the poor people mentality, yeah. which is something very, very powerful, where you see these lottery ticket winners who, you know, been, you know, making a, you know, minimum wage all their life. And all of a sudden they have five or $10 million. Their brain can't com- conceive of not only how to handle that kind of responsibility or energy, but they're almost ridiculous about the limitations they put on themselves. Like I can't spend that because, you know, I, I could only go to, you know, a, a, a motel. I yeah. can't really go to the Ritz Carlton. Mm-hmm. And like, and look, you don't have to go to the Ritz Carlton, but you can definitely not worry about things like that if you have the resources and these blocks that you know this poor people mentality. It is no joke. It, no. You know, if if you are raised with these kind of things, you, your movements, your your thought patterns, they have to be reprogrammed in your mind. So a lot of the stuff we're talking about, that's just money. It goes in relationships, it goes in career, it goes in health, it goes into every aspect of your life. These block obstacles or blocks that have been programmed into you, limitations yeah. that have been programmed into you. When you start breaking through those things, you're just like, oh, oh, oh. And that's like, think of what we're talking about here, correct? Well, and then you throw in the ancestral, that can be part of it too. Oh, and that's a whole other world, yeah. So that's a whole other thing that you don't even have privy to. Some people don't know who their parents were. You know, you don't really know what they lived or uh, how they felt. And that's all part of uh, your experience. So um, yeah, that that's definitely very much true. And um, I think it's something that um, it naturally can e- evolve in you in a way that a human thinks that they have to uh, change themselves. Um, quite honestly, the human doesn't have the ability to change itself. The human is an experiential tool. It experiences life. And from those experiences, it generates a feeling or an emotion. Um, and that feeling and emotion is an energetic charge that is received by the divine part of you and the universe and expands you and the universe. And so uh, you can't really uh, do anything more than experience and feel based upon your lineage, your past lives, what you've lived in this life. And so that's what's causing you to perceive uh, and believe in the life that you're seeing in front of yourself is actually your perception of it. And so you can't really expect the human uh, to do something that it's not capable of doing. And so what we always talk about is loving it out of yourself. And by loving it out of yourself, it's understanding the human journey and surrendering to the way that you feel um, in the love of self, not in the denial of the experience, not in I should have done it better, not in condemnation or judgment of yourself, because the human is going to clamp down on that emotion even tighter when it feels as though you're not satisfied with it or you think it's done something wrong. It's only operating out of its own uh, means of what it has available to it in the way that it has experienced its life. So how can we condemn that? We don't know what the lineage was all the time. We don't remember all the past life experiences that are packed up in that package. And then we go to hating ourselves, we go to judging ourselves, we go to condemning ourselves. And so then that energetic uh, level of vibration just keeps 
down low. And so we keep sending out that low vibration and the universe being the mirror that it is just keeps returning experiences that match that lower vibration. Um, but once you love it out of the human in the idea, oh, I know why you felt like that. I know what you went through. I, I love you for the experience. I know that I have expanded because of it. You haven't felt it as a human because you're still holding on to the negativity that you sent it out in. And so you kind of soothe it out of yourself, not in wanting a change or not in condemning, um, just understanding and surrendering that this is the life experience, that there are tough things and, and people react in different ways based upon the things that I mentioned. And so as you start to do this, what happens is your vibration starts to rise and you become unified or capable of connecting to the divine part of yourself, which in turn actually flows through the human and makes the changes that you yourself as a human have been trying to do, but are not capable of. The, the divine part of you is the transmuter of negativity, of energy. Um, it's the gifter of experiences, of the things that you are calling for that will align to the way that you want to feel. That's why you felt as you did. And so it's the deliverer of preferences. That's what it is. You're not the one uh, making the uh, preference. I mean, you're having the desire. Yes, you're making the preference in the way that you feel, but you're not creating the experience. The divine is doing that. So when you start condemning the human and judging it, you're making it feel as though it has to do something that it doesn't have control over. It can only experience for you. The divine is the one that has the control to actually um, reveal to you uh, the true you or the way that you want to portray yourself in the world, it has that capability, but the human itself through its experience doesn't have that. Robin, I have to ask you, that was, that sound almost sounded Athena-esque. Uh, was she, was the group kind of working through you there? Cause it well, almost well, seemed you were what goes on, what goes on with me uh, from having the Kundalini <laughs> rising, what actually happens not to get off topic here, sure. uh, the Kundalini rising is a unification of the soul aspect of yourself, uh, with the human part. So there is a form of Robin channeling now the divine part of herself, which really increases the nice flow, uh, the ability to, uh, receive uh, wisdom and knowledge and information and flow it through as Robin, which I was never able to do before. So mm -hmm. it's not really Athena, but that would be more the divine part of Robin coming through. So I have two different things going on. Um, because of the Kundalini energy rising, it made me an attractive candidate for the group that I channel, but it's actually a separate thing that goes on with me um, than just um, me as Robin. So um, there are many things that people uh, can do in their experience. You can channel the divine part of yourself. And through that connection, through that uh, rising of the Kundalini and finally getting it to the crown, it actually becomes a transferable energy. So when you're just speaking to people um, or you're starting your business or going out in the world, it creates a great magnetism within you and it actually speeds your journey um, quite a bit by having that energy. Now, not every channeler uh, has awakened Kundalini, but those that do primarily become Become channelers because channel groups are very uh, interested in moving through someone who's going to grow them at a rapid rate or increase uh, their uh, availability or their ability to spread that energy. All right, fantastic answer. So, speaking of channeling, yep. is I'm assuming Athena is sitting there waiting patiently. Yeah, she's always here, yep. <laughs> waiting patiently to to come onto stage. So, uh, today we're going to kind of talk a, a bunch about manifestation, which is a big question a lot of people have about how to manifest things in their lives, and we might touch on a little bit of uh, life between lives and soul blueprints and things like okay. that. So, if you will. Let us know if you could explain to people who have not seen you before what your process is when you're channeling. Well, there's really no process for me. Uh, my group is always there. They're thought provoked. So the minute I think about them, they come in. It was a little bit of a problem in the beginning because, of course, it was an, a little bit of an anomaly and I was thinking about it all the time. So I wasn't really getting much of a break from it. And then I finally said, are you people ever going to let me live my life? 
Um, and that's when they said, well, we're thought provoked. You quit thinking about us and we'll we'll quit coming forward. So uh, the minute I think about it, it's instantaneous in and out. I really like it that way because I can interact very well in my family life. I can have my grandchild on one hip and, and be doing what I need to do. And if someone asks Athena a question, it's in and out very quickly. Uh, so it works well for me. Uh, and I know that there are people that take time to adjust their vibration, but that just doesn't seem to be the case with me. Right. And then in your trance channel. So that means you will go yeah. into a trance while yeah. you're talking. Through. Okay. Fantastic. So just want to prepare everybody for what yeah. is about to come. So we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. If you may start thinking about Athena. <laughs> oh, she is here. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't take long. We really uh, uh, love being in your presence. Uh, we might give you a little compliment. Uh, perhaps you're not needing it, but we're going to give it to you anyway. Yeah, uh, you are. Uh, we are feeling your energetic field uh, as Robin gets to prior before having a session with someone. Uh, and it is really wide open. Uh, you are expanding yourself to a great degree. And it is a pleasure for us to be in your company. Uh, and to also have you found uh, your way into this avenue of work or way of expressing yourself. Uh, that is such a benefit to all those that are interacting with you. So we bow our heads to you, really. Uh, and we know that you are humble. Yeah. But don't be too humble, because if a person is too humble, they will actually deny experiences to themselves unknowingly. We're not telling you to be heady about it. We're not telling you to be bragging about it. But we want you to puff your chest out and own what it is you have accomplished in your life. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Um, so my first question is, what is the most effective way to manifest the desired outcome that you want? Uh, we uh, have done a lot of recordings recently. Uh, and one of the things we like to talk about is uh, congruency. Yeah. Uh, when a human has incongruencies in their life, it creates a lot of resistance or something that would prevent things from flowing in quite easily if you didn't have it. Uh, to give you an understanding of what we would uh, mean by incongruencies, uh, to look at places in your life where you have chosen something. That's why we have our book called Choose Your Universe. It is uh, identifying to humans that if you make a choice about something, you must get behind it. You must be congruent with it. Uh, they will say, well, I chose it. Yeah. And now I don't like it. Uh, or I'm staying in a marriage that I really don't want to be in. Uh, and we would tell you, well, you're you're doing it. You've made a choice. And they would say, well, I don't have another choice. And we'd say, well, yeah, you do. You do have another choice, but you have weighed the two together and decided that the one you've chosen is the one you're going to take. So what we try to say to humans is if you get your energy behind something, it will work for you. If you get your congruency going in the right direction, if you pick a profession or a job that you're going to get behind, and you love it, and you pursue it, and you work at it, uh, and you follow the uh, inspired action, you're going to be successful at it. But if you pick something and you start to second guess yourself and wonder, oh, I wish I wouldn't have picked that. I didn't know this would happen. I didn't know I had to do that. Yeah. Now here it comes. Here comes the incongruent energy that's actually going to be preventative of the success that you're trying to get, you see. And so if this happens all over the place, uh, we, little things like having a baby uh, and wanting it for so long and having it arrive and then complaining, they have to get up at night and feed it, you see. All of these types of things start to add to the list or uh, compile, let's use that term, and start to cause a human to separate a little bit from the divinity part of themselves in their incongruencies, you see. Now, how do belief systems impact our ability to manifest? Well, beliefs are nothing more than energetic deposits that are in the energy center. There are feelings and thoughts that a human has had based upon their living experience. It could be from their lineage. It could be from a past life. It could be the life that they're living in. And so they've had these things happen uh, that have gotten lodged in them. The human has felt uh, a painful experience 
experience um, and it gets it stuck in its energy center. And by stuck, we mean it decides, oh, I don't want another one of those. So I'm going to close my energy center inadvertently because the human as a tool doesn't really understand itself all that well. Uh, it denies its own divinity from entering that energy center with the very experiences that would be brought to them by what it is that they suffered through. They don't understand when they close off. Yes, they deny experiences, but they also deny the divine to flow through them and to bring the lovely experiences that they could get in alignment if they keep the energetic centers open. Uh, primarily the reason that uh, energy uh, uh, chakras close, uh, the chakras close, is because a human has uh, compiled a, a lot of energy in negativity or the experience of it. Oftentimes, uh, this experience will be repeating itself many times so that the human can get a view in the mirror that they're receiving, that they have something stuck. Uh, it's actually the human working with the divine counterpart saying, hey, take a look at what you are holding. I'm feeling the same negative feeling over and over again. I'm getting negative experiences that match that feeling from the universe, yet I'm not aware of it. I'm not paying attention that I am creating unconsciously. This is unconscious creating. A human doesn't understand that there's two ways to, uh, to create. A human can create consciously in joy. It can follow the preference that's born by the suffering that they're going through and therefore start to change its experience to be one of joy and happiness rather than suffering and pain and misery. Both are creative, we would tell you. We receive every charge of energy by the one that is emitting it and raise that energy to the high vibration of which all that is, is. So it doesn't matter to some degree how you have felt the universe and you has expanded because of it. But it does matter for you because as you hold on to the creation and negativity, you only duplicate that over and over again and get more and more of sane in your experience. We are here to train you to try to go to the preference. Uh, feel a feeling and wonder to yourself, oh, I wonder what I would really like to feel after seeing that. Noticing someone who is racist and observing them and loving them in their racism and saying to them, in your body to yourself. I have viewed something in that one that I know that I do not want to choose. What is it that I want instead? What is the happy feeling I would like to feel as I gaze out into the population in regard to racism? And now I follow that. I become the creator of that preference. This is mastery. Mastery is not feeling. Mastery is not uh, uh, living a life of no suffering. Mastery is recognizing every time I feel, I know there's a preference and therefore I follow that preference and I become the master of my experience experience. And pretty soon, as I start to receive all these positive things that I have been following, I no longer create negativity. Here I am, folks, arriving at the 5D reality, wondering how I was going to get there, wondering, uh, was I going to move or pack up my bags? You're not going anywhere. You're making a shift in consciousness. You're choosing your universe. There's our book again. We're giving it a plug today, but it's true. <laughs> you are actually deciding and choosing how you will feel. And in that way, those experiences are going to flow to you and your life is going to unfold to you, not through suffering, but through happiness and joy. How important is the visualization process in the manif in manifestation? <laughs> Um, well, we would tell you if you feel good when you're doing it, uh, perhaps it's a good thing. Oftentimes, humans are imagining things that they can't imagine for themselves. And we would say, why would you waste your time on something like this? If you can't imagine yourself and really make yourself feel feel uh, as you would feel if you were able to obtain what it is you are imagining, uh, then it isn't worth a hill of beans to do, you see. Uh, so this is what we would say. Uh, uh, many people will stand in the corner and repeat things over and over and over again, uh, thinking that they're going to get some progress in the area of manifestation. And really, uh, the best progress that you're going to get in manifestation is knowing how you would feel uh, if you got that manifestation. So the best uh, direction that you could go in is move yourself into an activity or a way of being that 
uh, closely assimilates what it is that you want to feel. If you can make yourself feel closely to the way that you would feel if you were obtaining uh, the manifestation that you were wanting, this would be the quickest way that you would actually materialize that into you. Robin spoke to you a little bit uh, in the beginning when you started uh, about some desires that she had for her sister to be successful in her life, who she is working alongside. And what better way to remove resistance as she focuses on her, you see, she focuses on her prosperity, on her happiness, on her well-being, and therefore is able to remove herself and any energetic blocks that she might have uh, in doing this. So we would also say this is a tool that many humans are not using that they could use. As you have a love and admiration for someone else, as you have well wishes and uh, happiness that you are desiring for someone else, you actually send that out to the universe and it is free of any of your own resistance because you are reflecting it in your view of someone else, you see. Is group manifestation more powerful than individual individual efforts? Yes, uh, if one believes in it, you see. We do healing mm. sessions uh, and kundalini activations uh, presently, yeah? Uh, and we call in many things. We call in the angels. We call in the guides. We call in the deities. We call in uh, the four corners uh, of the uh, of Gaia, Mother Earth, yeah? Uh, and in this belief and in this perception and in this stream of consciousness, that's what we would call it. Everything that you believe in is believed in uh, is made manifest or what actually contributes uh, to the uh, physical manifestation. And so even your spirituality, even uh, your angels, you know, the deities that we mentioned, all of these things are created uh, through your belief in them. And the more people that follow them and have the love of them and the joy of them, this becomes a wide, joyful bandwidth that you too can dive into and join in. Many people think that spirituality is different, that somehow it's not like uh, the, uh, uh, the channel of health or not health. And we would tell you that it is a stream of consciousness that those that are in it are very loving, very kind, very well-intended, and you've done nothing more than join that stream of consciousness, you see. What role does gratitude play in successful manifestation? Uh, gratitude is a great joy uh, and a great thing um, to make you appreciate uh, what it is that you have already seen materialize in your experience. So what better uh, way to uh, signal the universe as you look at something and you are grateful for it, you are happy about it uh, and joyful with it, uh, and you are also confirming. Uh, the universe really wants to be confirmed. It wants your interaction or your attention. Let's use that term. And so that gratitude is your uh, belief. It's your trust. It's your knowing. Um, and all of these things are contributing factors in the ability to manifest. You have to believe. You have to trust in order for yourself to enter into the stream of consciousness that you are calling out to to assist you. So this is where uh, that comes into the picture. Yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Well, are there any tips that you can give us to overcome barriers to effective manifestation in our lives? Well, it is to really recognize where you're not fully satisfied. We talked to you a little bit when we began today. What we do in sessions is we like to go over with a human how satisfied they are in all areas of their life. Uh, what we know is that a human would have absolutely everything that they want in their life because it was created the moment they wanted it. So there's no waiting 
uh, that is needed, but they don't believe it because they are holding an energetic entrapment or something in the energy field that's actually the preventative thing of that experience very naturally flowing to them. So once you really get this understanding that the moment I have a desire, the moment that I think about something, I have actually created it in the all that is or the divine part of myself, the universe has expanded. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, with you about this prior to our meeting today, that you can't take out what you have put in. You cannot shrink the universe or yourself back down once you have desired something. Many people uh, that do not have what they want uh, will try to train themselves into uh, not wanting it, yeah? And they won't be very successful at it. They'll feel a little dissatisfied. The only way that a human's going to be able to effectively make themselves not want something is to start not feeling, is to actually dull down their emotion uh, enough that they do not uh, generate or uh, feel their emotions or their, and therefore send out to the universe uh, what it is that they are desiring. This is not uh, something that we would recommend because you did come here uh, to live a joyful life, uh, to have a life uh, of all experiences that you're wanting to have. Uh, none of them are deemed uh, right or wrong or good or bad. They're all based upon how they would make you feel. And so we really want you to get this understanding that stop the judgment or the condemnation. Stop the idea that uh, I shouldn't want that or I don't need that. Oh, my life's pretty good. I have more than most. This is something that we hear quite a bit. Uh, this is not why you came. And this is not really what you built yourself into in all that is. You have expanded uh, the moment you focused on something. I'd like to try that. I'd like to travel there. I'd like to do that. That feels good to me. You're never going to be able to stop that. You're never going to be able to contain that. Uh, we're not containing it. Uh, the universe is expanding uh, constantly. It's growing uh, by leaps and bounds, you see. And why are we doing what we're doing today? Because we are expanding ourselves in the expansion of you. So it's never going to end. You can try to contain yourself if you want to, uh, but you are an ever-growing, ever-expanding, ever-learning being. Does one's environment affect the manifestation potential? If you become the environment, yeah. If you actually view the environment uh, in the distaste of it, in the unhappiness of it, uh, in the uh, lack of it, yeah, uh, then yes, it will actually uh, influence uh, to a great deal. But others use it as leverage. So it would depend on the way that you focused, you see. Some people can come from a very poor environment, and that environment, in fact, served them to propel themselves yet to a higher level of manifestation because of, of what they really wanted or didn't experience. So this could be one way. Uh, and then there are others uh, who actually become the lack, they actually become the victim of the circumstance uh, and therefore go out and repeat the same existence that perhaps they were stuck in that they did not like, you see. Is it possible to manifest for someone else? Uh, we talk to parents all the time about this in session. And the only way that you could actually manifest uh, in someone else's life uh, is through their love of you, through their connection to you, and through their admiration of you. They would actually start to believe or align to what it is that you have offered and therefore it would now be their offering. Yeah. Can dreams act as indicators for what we're manifesting? Oftentimes, dreams are a symbol uh, or a sign of what it is uh, that the human actually feels uh, emotionally uh, on some level in the life that they're living. And it could be some past life involvement. Uh, as a human slumbers, yeah, they go out and have experiences, whether they are remembering them or not. Uh, and many of those experiences will produce emotions uh, or ways of feeling. Uh, our advice to those that are having a dream uh, to analyze it to a greater degree would be to look at it in how that it made you feel. What was the emotive value that was offered to you? Not so much the circumstances, people, or situations, but in fact, how did that dream make you feel? And how does that represent a feeling that you may have in your life presently? And what, what role does intuition have in the manifestation process? 
Uh, intuition, uh, in fact, is what brings a human clarity. Uh, a human really wants to be clear. Uh, they are afraid uh, to make a wrong decision. They think there is a definite right and wrong way to go. Uh, and if a human has uh, a constriction or what we call an energy entrapment in the third eye, this would be the area that would greatly affect their intuition. Oftentimes, when we are having a session with a human and they will tell us, I don't know what to pick, I don't know what direction, uh, and then we will walk it back. Uh, how do they feel when that happens? Yeah. Uh, what is the thing that's going to happen if you do make the wrong choice? So we will go down all different avenues and finally we will discover uh, the emotion uh, that is at the end of the run that's actually uh, the pixie stick that you want to pull out uh, and makes a lot of other ones fall that are actually uh, entrapped in the other energy centers as well. So when it, when this happens, we won't find that uh, emotion just in one center. Uh, oftentimes it will be reflected in several and they will recognize it uh, as such. Yeah. Uh, and so not to veer too much from your question, uh, if you are not having clear uh clarity, uh, or feeling as though you cannot make a decision uh, and feel very uh, solid in it, uh, then we would tell you that there's probably a constriction uh, in the third eye center. And so it is to look at how you feel when you make those decisions and you don't have clarity and come up with the emotion that perhaps is tied into the entrapment uh, and then go to your human, yeah, uh, to its early life uh, and then talk a little bit to it about why it might have clamped down uh, on that emotion. And as we said, love it out of yourself, not in condemning, not in judging, not in saying I don't have any in uh, good intuition, not in saying uh, I can't uh, uh, decide for myself or uh, go into some type of negativity about it, but to really understand that a human doesn't move to a constriction uh, or negativity as you would deem it because it's a bad human. It moves to that to, in protection of self. It moves to that because it has experienced something that it feels is out of its control. And the only way that it can control it is to actually close the center so that it has no more of those experiences. And finally, on manifestation, is there a connection between manifestation and quantum physics? Uh, would you clarify that a little bit further? More like the concept of like quantum entanglement. Um, is quantum physics starting to catch up with the ideas of not only spiritual ideas, but the concepts of manifesting? Because there is some... I feel some sort of quantum level. You're tapping into the quantum field. You're tapping into something, which kind of is what quantum physics is trying to explain. Uh, we would uh, answer that question with they are one and the same. Uh, or attached, yes, uh, and and that spirituality uh, and one's ability to manifest uh, is also scientific, or uh, as you described, part of that grid. Or uh, uh, there will be uh, ways that that experience will be bought, brought to you that actually uh, quantum physics would apply to. Does that answer your question? It does. It does. Now we're going to talk a little bit about um, life between lives and the soul's blueprint. From your perspective, what is a soul's blueprint, and how does it guide us? Uh, well, we we tell humans that you're creating your future lifetimes uh, right now, yeah? Uh, as you are emoting, uh, as you are interacting with those that you are interacting with, uh, and you are drawing conclusions, beliefs, and perceptions, you're actually projecting out in front of you uh, the next lifetime and the next lifetime and the, those that you'll be interacting with uh, will be part of that, you see. Uh, if you were to look at the life you're living right now, the one that you're standing in, you would know that you have basically already emoted on, on it. You have already felt uh, everything uh, that is now in your present day experience is already behind you, you see. Um, as we tell a human, you stand in your now moment, you have the ability uh, to not only leave uh, what the life that you have behind you, but you can actually recreate a new life out in front of yourself in the present moment by picking 
making and choosing in mastery, as we described, uh, and following in happiness and joy. And you can actually create or turn around that uh, engine or that train, yes, uh, into another direction uh, that perhaps it might not have turned in if you had not discovered this about yourself. So uh, what we're saying in, in essence is you're not stuck with what's out in front of you. Uh, you would have to start to realize what you have created in front of you and therefore start to make different choices in the way that you feel. Uh, and in that way, uh, that would be a very powerful shift or change in the outcome of the upcoming lives that you would be experiencing in. We're not going to tell you that there aren't people uh, that you are interacting with that you have not interacted with before. There are, yeah. Uh, but we would tell you how you feel in the interaction and the accomplishments that you make based upon what the uh, agreements were or what it was that you wanted to obtain in the mastery of oneself. Uh, those are coming with you from one lifetime to another. So it would be largely dependent on what you would accomplish in the life that you were in uh, and then what would determine uh, the future lifetimes that would be coming, uh, that would whether they would contain uh, that same type of work or direction or you would actually change that by changing the way that you feel in the present experience you're in. We alter our soul's blueprint in our current lifetime? Uh, you can absolutely alter your blueprint, and many do, you see. You have free will. You have the ability to choose, and that's what it is. The ability to choose is I have an experience, and I can now decide how I would choose to feel about it. I don't have to become the experience. I don't have to become the pain or negativity. I can, yeah, and that might be part of your blueprint. You might have to grow it to such a degree that you can no longer tolerate it, and then you decide to change. This is what happens oftentimes. But we would tell you you always have a choice. You may not like the choices that are available to you, but just the same. You do have a choice. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. What is the purpose of time spent between incarnations? There are many humans uh, that do many things when they are not in physical form. We are an example of that. Uh, the ability to merge uh, or come together as one uh, in our feelings, in our emotions, uh, in our exchanges with those that are within our soul groups or our vibratory levels, let's use that term, uh, is something that is a continuum. It's not something that ends when you are leaving the physical plane. And so it is just to understand that uh, sometimes uh, a human will uh, leave its physical physicality or its physical experience, uh, and, then, and then take a, uh, a respite or what you would call a, a downtime, yeah, uh, and just actually enjoy uh, uh, different kinds of learning or different planes of existence uh, or ever-expanding um, uh, things, yeah, that can grow you in ways that being human uh, perhaps could not. Are soulmates part of our soul blueprint? Everybody wants a soulmate, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Seems as though uh, people talk about it all the time, yeah? And we would tell you that a soulmate, to some degree, is a decision that you make uh, to be connected to someone uh, uh, at what you would deem as a soul level uh, or a very uh, uh, lasting. Um, but actually, uh, what we would call uh, a soulmate would be someone uh, who you have been on the ship with before or that you have uh, had many experiences with, and therefore, uh, there is an understanding uh, or a connection um, because of the experiences that you have experienced together, uh, this is the the best way uh, that we could uh, give you of how we would describe a soulmate. Oftentimes, a human will think a soulmate has to come through uh, 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 the opposite partner of some way uh, in a love relationship, but that's not always the case. Sometimes uh, a soulmate can be in a friendship. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, through a marital relationship or something that you would deem as a, a physical partnership. Um, it could come in many different ways, and it's based upon uh, past experiences that you have had. Yeah. Yes. 
How does karma factor into the soul's blueprint and lives between lives? <clears throat> oh, well, we like to look at karma as cause and effect. Yeah. Uh, there are things that uh, a human does uh, in their life and then they judge themselves because of it and they actually create their own karma or uh, the repercussions that come to them uh, are based upon the way that they felt about themselves. You see, many humans want to think that there is a, 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 a universe out there that wants to punish you, uh, that wants to deem you as bad or wrong, but we would say you do a good job of that on yourself. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing out there shaking its finger at you that's dissatisfied with you. That doesn't love you, that doesn't think you're worthy. Uh, the minute that you have uh, uh, an observation and an emotion released from you, you have done your job as a human. It's what you agreed to. Uh, so there's no condemnation uh, as far as uh, the divine is concerned. Uh, you are doing everything perfectly. Uh, we we coined a new uh, 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 quote, and we said, an experienced experienced is well done. <laughs> now, is it possible to remember or access knowledge gained in lives between lives? <clears throat> Excuse us. Yeah. Well, um, what we'll tell you what our um, our thought is. Yeah, on past lives, we do have humans that come before us and inquire about past lives. We're not big advocates of opening up the cell uh, or uh, giving human access uh, to something that, quite honestly, they could access themselves if it were a benefit to them to do it. Uh, when you open up the cell or you start to tell a human about what they were, who they were, and how they moved uh, personally in a past life, it can actually trigger or open up an aspect within the personality at, that they are now expressing in presently that would be changed a little bit by that uh, knowledge or understanding. We tell humans, if you have a curious about uh, a past life, all you need to do is ask yourself over and over again. Generally, a human wants to know about a past life for a couple of reasons. Uh, either they don't feel uh, a lot of value in the life they're in and they like the idea idea that they were really something great in a past life and it bolsters them a little bit. That might be one thing. Yeah. Uh, or they have a problem. Maybe they uh, feel as though they've been choked in a past life and they have a problem with their neck or they have uh, a scar somewhere and they're wondering where it came from. Uh, and we would tell you that if you would ask yourself over and over uh, about that problem, about that feeling that you're having uh, in a meditative state, and we also recommend that you kind of move a little bit uh, in a clockwise motion as you do it, you will mesmerize yourself into somewhat of a trance state where you will actually recall the, the life that is needed uh, or would be beneficial for you to be seen rather than becoming reliant on someone else to give you that information. We would like to empower you to do it for yourself. Yeah. Beautiful answer. Now, how does free will interact with our soul's blueprint? Well, uh, as we said, you are picking and choosing uh, based upon how you feel. Uh, and, and we would tell you that there isn't a human uh, that has what you would call a blueprint or comes into this life without some type of an intention or an idea uh, of how they would like to express in it. Uh, so based upon how you live and how you choose to feel uh, is actually going to be the representation uh, of your life uh, or what it is that you are offering um, to the universe in the way that you feel, you see. Um, so you have a decision to make. Uh, do you want to be right, in fact? Uh, do you want to be uh, condemning of others and opposing of others, even when you see them do something that is not tasteful or uh, what you would deem as a nice thing to do? Yeah, uh, that you becoming distasteful of anyone is affecting only you, that the vibration of you is being affected. Uh, and then you have to know that each one that is expressing uh, it is the same for them. Yeah. And so as you look at someone in your disgust of them, in your distaste of what it is that they are doing, you actually become likened to them and you will draw more people uh, that in fact will represent that type of feeling to you. And you're not going to get the 
desired result that you want. When you start to realize that you're sovereign, and by sovereign, we mean you're creating individually by yourself. Uh, yes, you have people that you are interacting with, but you are not going to change people by opposing them and by deciding that they are not lovable. You are only going to enhance that trait within them uh, and make it larger. That's what's going to happen. So what we want you to do is to create individually and sovereignly and know that when you see something that you don't like that you focus on, they actually become grateful of those that represented that to you so that you now have a preference. Go to the preference. This is how I want people to move in the world. This is what I love. This is what I want to see. Not in the disgust of look at that one, what he's doing over there, and then be the recreator of that in their justification that I'm better than they are. That's not how you do it. Uh, a human uh, that creates this way uh, is trying to bolster themselves, quite honestly. They're not really uh, looking at the true way that they could contribute. The true way that you contribute is the feeling that you add to the universe. It's not the feeling that you look at someone else and then add. What role do spirit guides play in lives between lives and following our soul's blueprint? Spirit guides are those that you call upon in your belief and in your desire uh, to join that stream of consciousness. There it is again. Yeah. Where you feel guided, you feel taken care of, you feel loved, you feel as though they are present in your life, that they are going to intervene in your behalf. There it is. Trust, belief, honorment of what exists. Uh, everything that exists, exists because someone has believed in it, someone has focused in it, and someone has loved it. If you love it, if you believe in it, and you are focused upon it, you can certainly join that stream of consciousness and your guides will exist for you and they will serve you. Yeah? Yes. Uh, this is a question I get asked all the time. Do animals have a soul blueprint or is it unique to humans? You're going to find this kind of funny. We have had this conversation um, in sessions before. Um, there are situations, not all, but there are situations where the human will actually project a portion or a piece of its consciousness into its pet. It's one of the reasons that the dog begins to act like the owner. Yeah. Uh, Robin is laughing a little bit in the background and saying uh, her father-in-law was a little moody. Yeah. Uh, all of his dogs were moody. They all had that same uh, tendency or way. Uh, her husband, in fact, uh, is a, uh, a fast mover, kind of hyper guy. Yeah. All of their dogs could never sit still. They were all uh, of this way or trait. Uh, it's one of the connective qualities or the ability that a human has to actually split its consciousness and place it many places at one time. So does that answer your question? It does. So then, but the, 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 to follow up on that, animals themselves don't have a soul blueprint by themselves. In other words, they don't come in here to do the same things. They don't have a mission in life here uh, at this stage of their development. Uh, the mission that you hold is the one that they bring forth to you to observe. And to yeah. Got it. So if, if there's an animal who is there to teach you a lesson is because yes. you have brought that animal into your life. Absolutely. He will satisfy you. Yeah. Do animals ever evolve to the state that we are in, to a human consciousness? Uh, everything is coming from one thing or uh, an emanation uh, of the divine uh, source. Yeah. Uh, and so we are, we do not agree with or uh, align to the idea uh, that anything is separate or different. Mm. Uh, it is uh, your consciousness is at a certain level right now. Uh, and as you do the work that you're doing, uh, it is beginning to expand and it is allowing more and more perception and more and more beliefs to actually enter in, you see. And so uh, the level of consciousness that resides within an animal or anything else uh, would be based upon what it what its level of consciousness is or its awareness of itself is yeah yes what happens when a soul diver uh, diverges from their blueprint in a life we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor 
And now back to the show. Uh, what do you mean? Runs off track or does something? Yes, different? runs off runs off track. Uh, uh, what do you do when you get on the wrong road and you are headed uh, to a direction and you find yourself lost? You, in fact, uh, find a new direction, don't you? You start to find other ways, uh, other paths uh, that are uh, laid before you uh, in order to reach your destination. And we would tell you the same thing happens when you veer off your blueprint plan. Uh, uh, you haven't lost the destination. You just lost your way a little bit. Uh, you may have to experience a few different routes before you get back on path, uh, but make no mistake about it. There is a destination and you will find it. Yeah. And can a soul's blueprint influence our physical health? Uh, to some degree, it can. Yeah. Uh, many uh, humans that enter into the plane uh, that become sick very quickly, let's use that term, uh, it's very un understandable that a child would come in suffering and we get many people that come before us uh, thinking, uh, prove this one to us, yeah, how can a child come in uh, with what it is it is carrying or uh, experiencing? Uh, and we would tell you that that child is a vast being that has lived many lives uh, and that it is expressing from one life to another uh, and often carrying with it its energetic output or vibration uh, of what it experienced uh, in the life that it just came out of, yeah? Uh, so this would explain uh, that sometimes the sickness can come right in with it uh, based upon the thinking uh, or the well-being uh, of the being um, when they left the plane or what it is that they gone, had gone through in the life that they were living. This all plays a part in or a role um, in, in uh, illness. But there are this is a multifaceted experience. Uh, it's not just for the one experiencing it. It's for those that are attached to the one that is experiencing it. Oftentimes, times, uh, it will uncover uh, a large charge of fear, of angst, uh, of worry, uh, of suffering that has been kept in the line for a very long time. Um, so we would tell you that uh, it is a quite detailed and lengthy uh, energetic entrapment um, that would be difficult to describe uh, in uh, any singularly way. Yeah? Yes. And do you have any parting messages for the audience, Athena? Mm -hmm. Uh, we have enjoyed uh, this opportunity uh, and this ability uh, to be able to reach the large numbers of people that we have reached in the work that we're doing. Our intention uh, is to expand consciousness, and it's to move a human uh, out of being just a human and to connect them to the soul aspect or the part of themselves that will express through them uh, at a much higher and more desirable feeling uh, than what they may presently have been able to experience. Uh, we do a lot of work uh, in removing energetic entrapments and readying the energy centers to be uh, awakened or allow the kundalini energy to pass through them. Uh, this high voltage energy uh, will actually come in and do the work for you. Uh, all of the things that you were struggling with as a human, all of the different types of things that you were trying to uh, possibly uh, uh, trans. Uh, transmute or move beyond, uh, she will shine a light on all of it. Uh, and you will have to experience it. It is something that um, isn't an easy path necessarily, um, but it will continue to give you uh, snap uh, shots yeah, uh, of things that are entrapped or caught in your energy centers uh, review, uh, revealed to you through experiences that you will have very rapidly so that you will quickly have to look at uh, these energetic charges. Uh, what we do uh, oftentimes is we want to soften that experience. Uh, that would be the dark night of the soul that a human can go through when they awaken their kundalini if they have not prepared themselves well enough for it. Uh, and by prepare themselves, uh, know themselves. Know by the creations that are coming to them in form uh, what are the thoughts and feelings that I am holding in my energetic field? Uh, and in that way, uh, we can very gradually lift some of those off. So when that energy actually passes through them, and it won't accelerate negativity. If they don't do the work, um, they can still raise their kundalini. Uh, it'll be a little bit more 
tumultuous for them, yeah, uh, because she's going to rip through there whether there are things in there or not. And when this happens, uh, there becomes an acceleration of experiences um, based upon what you're holding. So you could get a, a barrage of negativity um, depending on what energy center uh, has an entrapment and what that feeling is. Uh, you would get a lot of experiences that would reveal that to you over and over. Uh, so in the work that we do, we try to lessen that charge uh, as much as we can. Uh, we're doing some of it in courses, uh, some of it uh, in private sessions, so that when a human does finally activate that energy, it's a more smooth transition uh, without a magnification of negativity that might otherwise have been left in those centers without their even knowing it. Thank you so much, Athena, for uh, not only being on the show again, uh, but sharing your wisdom and uh, and all the work you're doing with Robin. So I, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. It is our pleasure. Yeah. And she's back. <laughs> How are you feeling? Great. It just, yeah. It's just Energetic. a really odd, odd experience. It's just, it's not really words. It's just like uh, information. You know, uh, people don't realize the information is coming to you through your energy centers. And when it hits the spine, it travels right up to the brain. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what happens in channeling. So there's no uh, thought for words. There's no knowing of what's coming. It's like a river just running through you. That's the way that I would explain that experience um now for people who are interested in the work you and athena are doing where can they reach out to you um well everything is under athena and truth i have athena and truth website where i do private sessions i have courses uh, my book is available on there uh, i do a regular podcast that's free i do uh, recorded youtubes uh, on different topics those are all free for people to um, learn from and do you have any parting messages for the audience um, well, just what we talked about earlier is um, I hope everybody can get the kind of satisfaction that I've been able to achieve by the alignment to the soul aspect of myself. Uh, it's a very different life. I, I, I used to think, as I told you, Alex, that my happiness was because of having a nice husband and great kids. And, and certainly that's part of it. But I've realized that true happiness comes from the unification uh, with the divine part of yourself. And those things are like icing on the top of the cake. But mm -hmm. uh, when you finally achieve that type of connection, it's so satisfying and it feels not like work. It feels uh, very passionate and things just happen really easily and automatically. It's it's just indescribable. And, and that's really my goal is to have people as many as I can get that connection and experience that within themselves in the life that they're in. Robin, as always, it has been a pleasure and honor talking to you. Thank you again for all the amazing work you're doing to help awaken the planet, my dear. So I appreciate you. Thanks, Alex. I want to thank Robin and Athena for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 342. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.